Welcome to the Running for Office as an Online Candidate podcast. In this series, we cover the tips, tricks, and ideas for local political candidates who want to leverage the internet to help win their election. I'm Shane Daly, partner of Daly Professional Web Solutions and Online Candidate. In this episode, we're going to explore one of the main reasons political candidates have an online presence, to raise money. So let's dig right in. The most effective way for local campaigns to raise money is still the old-fashioned way, by making calls and holding events. Personal contacts and solicitation are still an integral part of the fundraising process. Online fundraising is an important way to bring in campaign funds as well. You can target a wider audience and tap into a greater quantity of small donations. People who hesitate to write a check these days are more inclined to contribute online. And as technical barriers have dropped in recent years, even the smallest local campaigns are now raising money online. So let's start with the basics. Opening a political campaign bank account. A campaign bank account allows you to accept political donations and contributions from supporters. Prior to opening an account, you may need to establish a political campaign committee with your local county board of elections. The name you use for your campaign committee is the name you'll use to open the bank account. The bank will require committee paperwork along with some personal identification. As always, you'll want to know and follow your local election finance laws to the letter. You'll want to open your political campaign checking account as early as possible. Laws in many states require that a campaign bank account be established in order to legally deposit political donations. So the sooner you have an account, the sooner you can start raising seed money. You'll want to open an interest-free checking account rather than an interest-bearing savings account. Any interest earned must be reported in your finance reports. And considering how little banks pay in interest, the small amount of money gained is hardly worth the additional reporting work by your committee treasurer. So once you have a bank account, the next step is to put a donate button on your campaign website and watch the money roll in, right? No. All right, let's get one thing straight. Under no circumstances does the internet magically bring in money. Your online campaign presence exists as a conduit through which to raise money, not a means unto itself. If your campaign is not well promoted or no one has an interest in you or your campaign, slapping donation buttons onto web pages will not do a thing for you. On the other hand, online fundraising can be very successful if done properly. For smaller campaigns, payments and donations need to be processed through a third-party service. To do this, you'll need a campaign bank account and verification of your organization's nonprofit status. All payment transactions are processed through this third party's vendor's financial accounts. Once you've been approved and paid any applicable setup fees, if any, you can create embeddable donation forms, links, and donate now buttons. These links and buttons lead to the third party processor's website or app where they process donations on your behalf. After a donor makes a contribution, the funds are credited to your account, minus the processor's commissions or fees. Political-based processors typically have integrated systems for adding events, selling tickets, and tracking donations. They also make it easier to comply with federal or state donor requirements. Some services cater specifically to either Democratic or Republican candidates. Some campaigns still use PayPal to secure donations. While the fees are low, PayPal lacks many features that political-based processors have including donor information recording and social media tools. So for these reasons, we don't really recommend using PayPal for political campaigns, though many choose to use the service. Some candidates want to go for costs. They want the lowest fees possible for their online fundraising. So suppose one online fundraising processor service has a 3% transaction fee, and the second has a 6% transaction fee. Which service will leave your campaign with the most money? The first, right? After all, it takes a smaller bite out of every donation. Unfortunately, the math isn't quite that simple. Say the 3% service is bare bones and allows you just to add a button to your campaign website and a contribution link for your email. Let's say you bring in $10,000 in donations. After expenses, you're left with $9,700. 
using the 6% service is more expensive. It leaves your campaign with $9,300 after deducting costs. But suppose the higher level service has additional tools to facilitate online fundraising. Let's say that in addition to the buttons and email links, the 6% service provides custom contribution pages, social media widgets, and online viral tools. Suppose that extra functionality helps us bring in just 10% more donations. That extra 10% would provide an additional $1,000 for a total of $11,000. After taking away the 6% fees, you're left with $10,340. That's $1,040 or 11.2% more money in your coffers than the 3% service brought in. If you can leverage the tools of the 6% service to bring in 20% more money, then you could bring in an additional $1,980 or 21% more donations. Keep in mind that these scenarios are just an example, and your results can and do vary. Your fundraising success will not only depend on your payment processor, but how you use your online tools, the size of your campaign, and other factors. The takeaway here is that every campaign approaches fundraising differently. If you decide to use an online fundraising service with more bells and whistles, plan to use those bells and whistles to get the most from your efforts. The best way to start marketing your fundraising initiative is by launching a web page. Even a simple site to take signups and host a donation form will do. However, you should launch your site and test it out before you start promoting your fundraising efforts. Donation pages typically start with a few short sentences about how and why a donor's gift will make a difference. There's no need to go into detail about your campaign. And at no point should the donor be distracted with other links or information about other giving opportunities. Your donation page should also note any legal requirements that your campaign may fall under, such as no corporate funds may be used for a contribution, the donor must be a citizen or resident alien, that the donor does not exceed maximum legal contributions, and that the political contribution is not tax deductible. Potential donors won't dig around to find a way to give money, so make it easy for them. Donate links and buttons should be displayed clearly throughout your site. Of course, you're always asking for money during a campaign, but sometimes you could use a good excuse to make the ask. A trigger event is something noteworthy that happens during a campaign. It can be a calendar event, a news story, or something else that may be of importance to your supporters. Trigger events can often attach an emotional link to a fundraising request. They help promote a higher response rate and work better than a generic appeal for funds. Email and social media give you an immediate way to capitalize on trigger events. With some planning, you can keep your fundraising momentum going throughout the campaign. The political calendar already provides a variety of trigger events on which to request donations. They include election day, primaries, rallies, press events, and get out the vote efforts near election day. Trigger events also occur throughout the campaign. They are often based on unplanned events, such as news events related to campaign issues, when an opponent makes some sort of gaffe or mistake, an opponent's offensive or inaccurate mailing, endorsement announcements, opponent support for issues or legislation, various poll results, and even emergency mobilization. The key is to capitalize on events at the right time. Send a donation request immediately after an opponent makes a big gaffe or mistake. Don't wait till it's out of the news cycle. It's tough enough to create messaging on the fly, so why not create some common appeals ahead of time? Have rough drafts ready so that in the event of a potential trigger, you'll be ready to capitalize on it quickly. A theme-based appeal, explaining exactly how a donation will be used, is generally more effective than just a general appeal. And when mailing letters or email updates, you should always mention that online donations are accepted. Recurring donations are great. Getting donors to commit to repeat automatic donations throughout the campaign can be very powerful. Some donation processors allow for this option. Be sure to look for it. Some fundraising services also have widgets that you can add to your website and social media pages. Finally, use specific landing pages for specific fundraising calls to actions. Create pages that are specific to an appeal. 
For example, if you're asking money for a mailing, have the landing page include an image of the mailer and indicate that the donations will go toward that purpose. Again, theme-based appeals tend to perform better. So in this episode, we covered the basics of online fundraising. Let me leave you with one final thought. The web alone will not solve your fundraising needs. A local candidate still needs to go door-to-door, make phone solicitations, and hold fundraising events. However, a well-developed web presence can help grow your campaign contributions. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website at onlinecandidate.com, where you'll find more information and resources for online fundraising. If you like this podcast, you might want to check out our book, Running for Office as an Online Candidate, available at onlinecandidate.com and amazon.com.